internet. What's going on? Uh, welcome to episode 102 of Outrage Factory, the podcast where we look at the things that made people mad online this week and explain why they're dumb for caring, uh, and also you eat weird food shit, apparently. Yeah, so my girlfriend Andrea went to the States and she bought us stuff to try on the podcast, but we'll do that later. That's the sound of beanie weenies. I was going to make them guess what it was. Oh, yeah, guess, guess what that was. <laughs> Some American delicacies, uh, which I never get enough of. That's the sound of our sodium content exploding through the roof. So, uh, since oh, we're also drinking very strong double caffeinated American coffee. Which I don't even know how they, how do you put more caffeine in coffee? I think you take, what's the opposite of Swiss water? Because that's how they get the caffeine out of it, oh, right. right? What's the opposite of Swiss water? Like, G- German water? Do they Swiss dirt to make it double caffeine? Maybe they take the caffeine that they took out of other... Or they... Oh, you know what they probably do? They probably just add, like, fake caffeine. That'd like be the easiest drinks? way. Yeah, like, whatever powder form caffeine comes in, they probably just sprinkle it over the coffee. Remember, do you remember? Dude, this is so strong. Were you part of the caffeine pill craze with us when we, oh man, we, uh, wake ups. We used to like, so, uh, you probably gleaned this from listening to 102 episodes of this podcast. Ladies, (laughs) Derek used to crush up caffeine pills. Idiots (laughs) in our late teens and early twenties. And we would literally, uh, crush up and snort caffeine pills. Not we. I never did it. I don't... I think... We I know I wanted to, but I think I just, for some reason, missed out. Yeah, you're probably better off because my heart's going to collapse into a black hole probably within the next five years. Also due to all the coffee I drank, which (laughs) this shit is not helping. Did... Did I'm flying I right now. This is strong. Woo! <laughs> this coffee is so strong, I don't even feel dead inside anymore. It's also Dale was telling me about <laughs> this coffee. He was like, I was drinking it driving to work, and I was like, why do I feel good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work. It's the morning. Um, and, it, and it turns out coffee makes you feel good, or caffeine makes you feel good. What is the what is the brand of this coffee? Can we give him a shout out? I think it's Raven's Brew. Sorry, I had to look. I took a picture of the label on my phone instead of just taking the bag to look at right now because that's what a smart person would have done. Right. It is called Raven's Brew Coffee, and this one is called Double Dead. So Which we will be. What do you call when two podcasts die on air? <laughs> Ominous. Double Dead. So my girlfriend got it for me because she's like, I got you this coffee because it has a skull on it, and you like skulls. And I was like, sweet. And then... I didn't realize until this morning, like you had previously mentioned, when I was driving my car to work and felt chipper, and I was like, I shouldn't feel this chipper. This coffee must be very strong. And then when I got home, I looked at the label, and it turns out it is. Super strong. strong. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, for thanks Andrea, for providing us with uh, podcast fodder and also ensuring that I do not sleep tonight. Yeah, who needs to sleep? Not me, that's for sure. Hey, while we're all jacked up on caffeine, Woo! let's talk about climate change. Let's talk about climate change. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about... Let's specifically talk about a uh, Swedish 16-year-old girl who, who... I'm going on the record, not a fan. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna debate this out. Let me let me clarify that I am a fan of the whole climate change strike thing that people are doing. I'm just not a fan of everybody getting behind a 16 year old girl who's telling us what we already know. Okay, so uh, Greta Thunberg, Th- Thunberg, sure, Thunberg, Thunberg. I'm not Swedish. I don't actually wait. Know. Swedish? Maybe it's Thunberg. Thunberg. You know what? Does that sound Swedish? I don't know. Is it racist to do a Swedish accent? Pronunciation. Are we going to get in trouble? No, they're like white as hell. How okay. to pronounce? Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Oh, of course. It. Why would oh, there not be an ad? Oh, there's an ad. Yeah. Why would there not be an ad? Exactly. Greta Thunberg. Whoa. What? Whoa. Greta? 
Greta Thunberg. Thunberg, Hales, right. You were right. Look at when that. Was, For the first time in the history of the podcast, Dale DeRuiter was when right. When I was being facetious with my Swedish accent, it turns out I was right. Yes. Uh, you know who sounds like they're Swedish and talking in Swedish? Swede? Uh, Sims. You ever notice, like, when you're playing, uh, maybe they changed it, but when we lived together in Alberta, you had a PS2 and you had the Sims. And whenever they talked, it sounded like they were speaking in Swedish. But it was gibberish or whatever the Sims language is called. Yeah. Modeled after Swedish, which is an actual gibberish language. Okay. Anyway, Greta Thunberg. There might be too much caffeine in this coffee. Has. (laughs) We'll find out. This is going to be a very entertaining podcast episode. Uh, Rose to fame for being a 16-year-old who cares a fucking lot about climate change. Let Uh, me back you up there. All right. She rose to fame being a 15-year-old girl who was truant from school. So everybody knows Greta Thunberg now. Greta Greta Thunberg now because she started this whole students for the climate strike thing where students walk out of class and strike for their climate. But the way it started was when she was 15 in, I can't remember her hometown name, but she would go to the town hall and sit there with a sign that said she was on student strike for the climate. She's from Stockholm, which is the only city you should know in Sweden. Yeah. So she went to the Stockholm city steps, which I guess is also the parliamentary building of Sweden. Like it is the capital of Sweden. Yes. So, I don't know. I just, I don't understand why everybody cares about Greta now as opposed to Extinction Rebellion and stuff like that. I know you got a big boner to work Extinction Rebellion into this. Okay. We're going to get to that after. Okay. We're going to talk about Greta first. Okay. Because there's a story here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's a 16-year-old little girl innocent face we can all attach our narrative to, and that's probably why she's famous right now. So it is, and this is where I struggle with it, because she is, uh, obviously she's very passionate about the cause. So she's basically become famous for inspiring. She attended the World Climate Conference or something. Yeah. Uh, This is something I was like, I kind of rolled my eyes at first when I heard about it, because she... Uh, she attended the World Climate Conference uh, and she wanted to walk the walk. Uh, so it, she refused to fly there because yeah. flying so harmful for the environment. So she like sailed there on a fucking boat or something. And it so took, like, what happened was she put out a call saying that she wanted to go, but she didn't want to take a flight. So if anybody could give her a lift, she was basically like hitchhiking on the Internet and she got on a luxury yacht, which is all solar powered. Nobody freak out. Apparently it's minimal impact. I don't know how it works or whatever, but this guy was like, I'm going there anyway. I'll give you a free ride, which is awesome. If you could just go on the internet and get a free ride with a stranger on their yacht. But that's for us, non cute 16 year old or people who aren't a cute Swedish 16-year-old girl, we can't just implore strangers to give us rides on their yacht. We implore strangers to do things every time we record a podcast Yeah, but they don't. By the way, give us money if you would like us to continue producing podcast episodes. If you want to give me a cruise on your luxury yacht that's very minimalistic carbon footprint, I will gladly take that. I'll even go on a regular yacht with a big-ass carbon footprint. I don't give a fuck. I will ride on any boat. If you own... Like a motorboat, and you want to take me out on that? Yeah, I'll do it. You want to, you want to go ride on someone's dinghy? <laughs> Jesus, Dale! I, I almost couldn't say it. I almost, I'm like, I can't even make dinghy jokes anymore. But I guess we're still that podcast. So Grietta rose to. She was already pretty famous, but then she rose to mega fame in the last couple weeks of September uh, because she inspired the global climate strikes, which was basically um, a bunch of activists uh, and school age children and uh, a fucking ton of apparently four million people globally took part in these global climate strikes, which was a bunch of people. 
skipping school or work for the day uh, and showing up to draw attention to something that most rational adults already recognize exists. Here's my thing. Okay. Yeah, I'd skip school and yeah, I'd fucking skip out on work just to go say, hey, I care about the environment. And like you said, this is like just a huge case of preaching to the converted because as we've seen, once Greta started rising to fame, she started getting a lot of backlash from the people who deny climate change. So all the people who already agree that the climate's fucked are with her and all the people who are denying that the climate's fucked are against her. So basically she's just a 16 year old girl who got famous for telling us what we already know. Yeah, but okay. So here is the flip side. Like I appreciate this girl. I appreciate that she exists because you're rolling your eyes, but we always talk about like, how the youth need to be more engaged in shit like this. And, yeah. like, climate change, it's not your and I's problem. Like, we might be especially sweaty for the next 20 or 30 summers until we peacefully die in our sleep. Mm-hmm. But the people who are really going to have to deal with this shit are the 16, 15, 14, 13-year-olds right now. I have a 5-year-old kid, and I'm like, well, you know, best I yeah. can hope for for him is nuclear winner before because <laughs> otherwise he's just gonna like overcook or die of famine or like the entire ecosystem is gonna collapse in his lifetime uh it's gonna collapse in our lifetime right. <laughs> i know you're just saying that because you're like i don't have to it's not gonna be my problem think of the children but it is our problem and it's gonna be our problem so like because the climate's already changed in the last 10 years Like, it's basically been an ever-increasing problem since the 80s. And it's been noticeable. I think it got super noticeable in the last, like, five years where there's all these, like, global temperatures, uh, records being broken, and, like, the water level's already rising. But, like, when people think about climate change, they're all like, oh, like our grandkids are going to get flooded and not have a house to live in, or it's going to be too hot for our children to have a comfortable livelihood. But no, the problem's going to be once all the glaciers melt and the oceans desalinate, all of the bacteria and like Stone Age diseases that have been dormant in the oh, ocean. Oh, yeah, we did cover this on a because, previous episode. Yeah, because of the salt in the water are just going to be let loose and me and you are going to die of a horrible disease. Like, me and you will probably die before the Grietta Thunbergs because we're going to get some weird, like, ocean disease in our six, 50 to 60s and our like immune system that's already been compromised from all those chemicals we ate as kids is going to cause us to die. Whereas Grietta, who's grown up in this world with all these diseases is going to have like some weird super immune system that saves her from it. Well, but she hasn't grown up because the disease is still like those diseases are just going to wipe out everyone. She's not going to be immune. She hasn't been exposed to it yet. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, she has had the option. She's not, she hasn't like ridden her body with cancer because she very much seems like the person who's grown up eating like organic, sustainable oh, food her entire and life. She actually, even more than that, she is more healthy than us because she actually convinced her parents to do the uh, individual action of climate change. Have you heard of this? No. So there's four steps. And I don't know if it's like officially official called the uh, individual action on climate change, but this is what she convinced her parents to do. Uh, Not having an additional child, which another, it's again, that's a weird thing to convince your parents to do. Be like, yo, hey, like. That's a fucking long ass con to ensure you're an only child. Yeah, (laughs) like like if Noah came up to you and was like, dad, in order to save 58.6 tons of CO2 footprint, I think you should not have another child with your 
new girlfriend, Kate? Would you be like, oh, son, let's get you on TV and the internet so the whole world can worship no, your smart? I'd be like five years old. You're five years old. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay. I'm definitely putting a baby in my new girlfriend, Kate. When he's, fi- thankfully, no when he's 15. Yeah, when still. He says this. Fuck out of okay. here. Okay. Okay. So he doesn't convince you to not have another kid. How about he convinces you to go vegetarian? Uh, he could potentially. I mean, I've been on the cusp. Well, I've been thinking about potentially becoming a vegetarian down the line a bit. I'll give you a cop out so you don't have to be a vegetarian. Is it going to be that like vegetables are somehow worse for the environment? Because no. I don't believe any no. of that. So they say animals are worse for the environment. Not only because of the ethanol that cows make from their farting, which you could counteract by eating gra- grass, grass-fed beef, which causes the cows to fart less than corn-fed beef. But you should also, instead of not eating meat to stop deforestation, you should stop using palm oil because they cut down all the forest to grow palm oil because that's in pretty much everything. So do you know how much going vegetarian will save in carbon footprint? Not a lot. 0.8 tons per year. Annually? I mean, that's still, so here's, here, and this is the eternal debate about, like, climate change stuff, right? It's like, if we all take these small steps. Yeah. Like, is that 0.8 tons per person per year? Yeah. So, yeah, like, you get 50 people going vegetarian. That's 50 that's 50 tons. Okay. That's a lot. What if I tell you this? If you take one transatlantic flight, I don't know why they're hating on the Pacific, but whatever. So this, this number is just for... Because if you're going trans-Pacific, you're going to China. Okay. And everyone knows China does not give a fuck about <laughs> okay. the environment. So if you don't fly from London to New York, because I know you were planning on doing I was. that. I was. Um, you will save 1.6 tons of CO2. So... Wait, based on one flight a year? Yeah. Per person? Yeah. That's a fuck ton. Yeah. So that's... Wow, I fly all the time. Yeah. Everywhere. You're going to ruin the world. Me, who doesn't fly anywhere, <laughs> not because I'm poor or because I can't afford to fly or take the time off work, but because I am a moral human being who cares about this world, I am going to eat twice as much meat as I was going to. Because now I know all I have to do is not take one flight to London. And that's like me eating twice as much meat as I was for a year. That's fair, actually. Like, everyone should get their own individual carbon footprint. And you get, like, a carbonometer. And you measure (laughs) what you do. Like, if you leave your lights on all day, that's whatever. I don't even know how many tons. But, like, or if you're a vegetarian or if you don't fly or if you drive, like, a Tesla or if you... uh, What's like compost, I guess? Actually, do you want to hear another thing about fucking electric cars? Sure do. Oh, so, the battery, the strip mining for the batteries? Yeah. So every all these like super right wing like fucking gas guzzler guys, they always quote that it's actually more more of an environmental impact to produce an electric car, which is true up until 100,000 kilometers. Because to make the batteries, you need all this energy and plastic and all this stuff. And you got to get like the lithium and all the rare earth. At, what are those called? Rare earth metals. You figure they would have like a less fairy tale name for these things, for the batteries. Like they call them what? Rare earth elements? Yeah. Like can't they just say shit that's bad? Like <laughs> when you say rare earth elements, you're like, wait, so do Frodo and Samwise have to get these for us? Like, where are these fucking coming from? Uh, why are they called rare earth elements? Because they're from the earth and they're rare? No, despite their name, rare earth elements are, with the exception of the radioactive promethium, relatively plentiful in Earth's crust. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's just a clever name then. Although, how badass is the name promethium? Yeah, that's dope yeah. as hell. So anyways, I was going to go back to saying that... Uh, if you go back, if you want to have a, if you want to have an electric car and you drive it for more than, once you hit 100,000 kilometers, I don't know the exact number. Some, some have said as low as 80. Some have said 
as high as 160,000. I was just going with the nice round number of 100,000. So if you buy a Tesla, you better be driving it for 100,000 kilometers. Otherwise, you are having a negative impact on the earth. Uh, if you're buying a Tesla, you should be driving it that much anyways, because otherwise you most definitely did not get, do you know when I went shopping? So I drive a Hyundai Kona. Hyundai. Hyundai. Wait, is that racist for us to say it like that? No, that's how it's pronounced. Sorry, I'm just. Greta Thunberg. I'm just a little sensitive. I don't want, when I become a professional comedian in five years, I don't want people to milkshake duck me and listen to this. Because we're making fun of the way Hyundai is pronounced. It's fine. You said way more racist shit on this podcast. No, I haven't. Anyway, don't listen to the previous <laughs> episodes, historians. Um, so I went to buy my Kona. Yeah. And the, the old shitty for the environment gas guzzling version. It doesn't actually guzzle gas. They're very, very fuel What's efficient. What's the fuel efficiency Very fuel that? efficient. I don't know. Do you, you gonna make me look it up? I don't know. Doesn't the top it of say my head. on your? Who the fuck knows that? Are you not obsessed with that? Like I have mine on constantly, so I yeah, can just it, like it hit the button. Yeah, but it fluctuates. Yeah, and then over time it averages it out. Well, mine, I don't know because I drive like an asshole and it's a standard. Is it went from eight when I bought it and now it's like ten, and I'm like that is terrible for a compact size car. Like the car I drive, the Dart. It should be as... Dodge Dart. Ladies, Dale drives a Dodge Dart. It should be as fuel efficient as a Civic, but it's not. Right. You but would, I think mine's around 8. It 8, should 8. be around 8. Anyway, I bought that, and then... Mm-hmm. So that, the like the gas-using version, was yeah. like, I don't know, like $28,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And they have a full electric version. I was like, wow, an electric car. Like, imagine... Yeah being able to contribute to the environment that way. Uh, the exact same version of my car, only it runs on electricity instead of gas, was $80,000. $80,000. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's so, like, I care about the environment a lot, but I do yeah. not care about the environment $60,000 worth. See, I would switch to an electric car and all the pain in the assness that an electric car brings if it if those prices were opposite, like if he said, okay, the gas version of this car is 30,000, but if you get the electric version, it's 20,000. Yeah. I'd be like, well, that's worth plugging my car in every night. Well, that's a, it's like, okay, so not only are, do you have to stop every three hours and plug yeah. your car in for a couple hours to charge it? You also have to pay 60,000 <laughs> more dollars. Yeah. And the weird thing is, it's like, okay, so you want to be better for the environment, so you switch to your electric car. You're not driving home to Salmon Arm anymore because that's out of the 300 or 400 kilometer range. Now you have to fly to Kelowna and then get someone to pick you up from Kelowna to drive you back. So in your attempt to save the environment, you're just ruining the environment more. Yeah. Not so smug now, are you, electric car drivers? Also, the fourth step of this individual action on climate change is to go carless which is only which only saves 2.4 tons of carbon dioxide a year per person yeah that's only that's a lot so if you give up transatlantic flight and you become a vegetarian and you give up your car no it's the equivalent of giving up a car Ah. so I'm giving up. I'm never going to do transatlantic flight. I'm not going to use palm oil anymore. So that should be good enough. Oh, I've got some other ways to give up CO2. Okay. But if somebody did all four of those things. Yeah. How much, how many tons per person per year? We should skip the kid thing because that's just ridiculous. So there's, if you get, if you went car free, um, didn't fly... 4.8 tons. Yeah, 4.8 tons. So about tons. 5 tons per person per year. Yeah. that That's a fucking lot. That adds up. The kid thing I'm curious about, it says 58.6 tons. Yeah. So if you don't have the kid, do you split that number in half and put it to the mother end? Because it does take two people to make a child, right? Yeah. I don't know if this 58 is, like you're saying, is that the equivalent of the parents or just in general, like... A kid, like one person per year takes up that much averaged out on their lifetime. 
Like, is it average out? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, throughout their entire life. Yeah, because, like, a four-year-old's not going to use 58.6 tons of fucking carbon. No, he's going to buy the electric car. Because <laughs> where the fuck does he have to go? Here's, here's my solution. One, we're adults. Give up car- carbonated beverages. No more pop. I don't think that's the same. Easy breezy. That's not the same. There's carbon dioxide. That's not the... That's how they're carbonated. That's, but that's not the... It's not carbon dioxide and pop isn't being released into the atmosphere. Yeah, it is. When you open a pop, that's carbon dioxide. Oh, I have a little, uh, little uh, kind of, I guess, a little confession to make. I'm probably the worst person you know for the environment. You know why? You know what gases they use to weld? Carbon dioxide. So this is how you weld. So you have. A very strong electric spark, which takes up a shitload of electricity. Like, we're talking, like, fucking 150 amps, whatever volts. I don't know. Electricity talk. And so you put a piece of metal to another piece of metal, and you explode it with an electric shock. But in order to not get oxygen in the liquid metal to make it all fucked up, you just constantly spray CO2 at it. So when I'm welding, I have a gun that is just shooting out fucking clouds of CO2. Yeah, but aren't you burning as you're burning it as it shoots? Yeah. So it's not actually being. It's still see, there's It's not all like burning up and disappearing and never being around. It's just shooting CO2. Hey, don't say we've never taught you anything. Taught taught. <laughs> Because I just learned something new. Yeah. Uh, when you use, when they carbonate beverages, uh, the beverage industry's supply of CO2 is a byproduct of industrial operations such as natural gas or coal-fired ammonia plants, large-scale ethanol production, and even breweries. Uh, special equipment <laughs> captures the CO2. So it's <coughs> it's recycled CO2. Oh, my God. So when they're fucking burning coal, the CO2 from that is going into my soda. And I'm Correct. drinking that. Correct. And not getting cancer. Correct. I'm probably not going to drink. I don't know. See, I was all like, I could just give up carbonated drinks. I never drank pop. Like I said, I'm an adult. That's way too much sugar. Oh, for I'm us all to about have. the soda water, though. Yeah, that's where it gets me. The Boublais. La- Lacroix. The Boublais, man. Where's that? Grapefruit soda water. Perfect. The Pomplemousse. Yeah. Uh, hey, so we haven't yet touched on the most insane. Like, Greta Thunberg, whatever. She's a 16 year old. She's doing some cool shit. She's having an impact. Oh. Which. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you while you're. Making this nice I was on my soapbox. Okay. I just want to say one more reason I hate Greta Thunberg is there's all these people and they'll be like, I love Greta Thunberg, blah, blah, blah. So to me, instead of them saying, I love Greta Thunberg, they're saying to me, I knew about climate change. I just didn't care until a 16 year old girl convinced me to care. It isn't even that. Like, they could have cared. They could have been, like, actively. But the fact that this, like, 16 year old girl can, like, rise up and become internationally famous, which, like, sure, the cynic in me says there's definitely some, like, PR media machine behind her pulling the strings, making her famous. Yeah. But, I mean, like, fuck, man. Think about what were you and I doing when we were 16 years old? Skipping school and not getting yeah. famous for it. Not get like hanging out at a pool hall yeah. and like wondering when our wieners were going to get touched next <laughs> and probably like smoking weed out of pop cans. Next. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time. But like, so the fact that this 16 year old is, is doing all of this and ostensibly having a positive impact on the world, that's a good thing. Yeah, but it's not like she's fist fighting her way to talk at climate change events. She's getting invited because her PR person was like, hey, this 16 year old girl's kind of funny when she rants about how her whole future on this world is t- toasted. So you should let her speak. So the flip side of that is that this 16 year old girl, and this is the reason I appreciate her the most, yeah. has exposed a whole bunch of adults of being uh, as being absolutely fucking insane because there are a bunch of uh, 
right wingers or conservatives or like grown ups on the right yeah. who have been making literal death threats against a sixteen year old and like saying some really horrific shit to yeah, her. Yeah, these people are fucking terrible. Yeah. They are garbage people. Like, universally they should just be, like, shunned and fired from their jobs, because they're fuck. Actually, one was just fired from their job. Oh, good. Uh, for threatening to shoot her with a sniper rifle? Yeah, so you and me have this, like, I guess one of the subplots of Outrage Factory is, should people be fired for what they say online? And... People might get mad at us because we're hypocrites because we say some people shouldn't and some people should. But this person definitely should be fired for insinuating they are going to murder a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, it's for simply saying something like, hey, the planet's overheating. Maybe we should yeah. do – like – and there are so many people who are so fucking angry at this girl that yeah. like to me that whole side of it like validates – any of the other like weird cynical shit that I don't yeah. like because uh, there are a lot of people who are really fucking angry. At yeah. Her. Like that is a good thing that she's pointing out. Like basically all she's doing it, all she's doing is like, here's 40 years worth of scientific evidence that we're fucking up the world. And people are like, if I kill you, that means the earth is good. So that's what I'm going to say I'm going to do. And it's just like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. So that's fucking wild. And like you look at like uh, her her Twitter feed or like people who have been tweeting to her and there are a lot of very mentally hinged – mentally – no? Unhinged. Thank you, Dale. Mentally <laughs> unhinged adults in the world who like – if they just applied like one-tenth of that effort mm-hmm. to – just solving a societal problem. Uh, then instead of like losing their shit on a 16 year old girl for doing that, uh, the world would probably be a slightly better place. Maybe. Yeah. Or I mean, the easiest thing you could do is self-improvement. Like instead of going out of your way to go online and attack this girl for what she's doing for other things that I didn't say, just go online and be like, how can I make myself a happier person? Maybe I should look up some stuff and then go for mindfulness instead of threatening to kill a 16 year old girl. Yeah. Imagine that the climate is overheating and burning earth alive, but instead of the climate, it's your brain Mm -hmm. and your rage is actually like short circuiting (laughs) your neurons and you are no longer functioning like a human being should uh, maybe reduce some of those internal carbon emissions you got going on. You know who should, who probably is on the same side as Greta, but doesn't like Greta. This whole Extinction Rebellion thing. Oh, yeah. So Dale's had a boner to drop this thing Okay, I've had a boner for these guys all of today (laughs) because I just found out about it today because I was like, oh, we're doing the podcast tonight. I should go look what's trending. And then I see Extinction Rebellion is trending. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it turns out it's like the dystopian future version of what Greta is doing. So it's these people and... Today, they had like in 60 cities, they did this thing where they're stopping bridges. So in Halifax, Edmonton, Victoria, and here in Vancouver, they all chose a major thoroughfare bridge and they stopped like car traffic and truck traffic, but they let like pedestrian traffic and bike traffic through. And they're like, we're doing this to stop, I don't know, like. I think Basically, it was another climate yeah, it's yeah. the It's the exact same thing as Greta's doing, except for they look like like uh, you took a Guy Fox masks and mixed it with the Handmaid's Tale costume. So I don't know if this was in the UK because in the pictures here in Vancouver, I didn't see anybody dressed like this. But they're like dressed in these red robes with this like white face and it looks so badass. I'm like, OK, I could get behind that. But – I'm not actually going to leave my house or stop eating meat. So, oh, I also just wanted to point out like those four things that Greta was talking about. The fuck, I already forgot what they're called. They're like the personal. The individual climate, whatever, action. So I just want to read you the three demands from Extinction Rebellion so you can understand how completely crazy they sound. So one, 
Governments must tell the truth by declaring a climate and ecological emergency, working with other institutions, including the media, to communicate the urgency for change. Like, that's like word salad. Like, it almost says something, but then it's kind of like confusing and stuff. But it's like, it's like saying governments must tell the truth. Like, they're insinuating that every government is lying about climate change and they've got to go against that and tell the truth, which I guess if you're in extinction rebellion, you do feel like every government is lying to you. So basically extinction rebellion is the occupy wall street of climate change. That's a good, great analogy, Dale. Yeah. Um, I will say, Hey, attention city planners, uh, bridges are a fucking fatal like choke point that like it's way too easy to shut those things down. Yeah. All you need is like what? 10 people armed arm and 200 people were on there. Okay. But when you, I mean, if you and I were lining up and we got eight of our friends, yeah, we could probably fuck up a bridge pretty good until someone got mad enough to drive through it because you think car, you could stop cars from driving, but really the car could just drive right through you. And that I think happened in, Halifax? One of the cities, somebody drove... Oh, no, wait, that was Beijing. Never mind. That's, Someone took a run at a protester. That's the entirely different way the world's falling apart is all that Beijing stuff. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're going to take a quick break, and oh, when I, we... I, sorry, I just got to read the other two, because I said I was going to read right, all three, all right. and I don't want people to be left in okay, suspense. Okay, do, do the thing. We're 40 minutes in. Okay. Number two, governments must act now to halt biodiversity loss and reduce greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2025. Probably not going to happen. Number three, governments must create and be led by the decisions of a citizen's assembly on climate and ecological justice. So basically, Extinction, extinction Rebellion wants all governments to make a task force to fight climate change and they want to be in charge of it. That, I mean, that seems reasonable. Mm, I respect that. Let's put scientists ahead of it instead of protesters. Counterpoint. The scientists have had the opportunity to do anything over the past however long, and they haven't done fuck all. Yeah, but they're introverts. They get scared by crowds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're going to take a break, okay. and when we come back, we're going to fuck up the environment by eating some weird-ass food that Dale's girlfriend brought us back from the States. Yes. And we're back. All right. So <laughs> you want to do a woman? All right. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that's a? Do you think that's the equivalent of people chewing gum on a podcast? That's, do you think people are like? Ugh. I mean, it sounds. It doesn't sound appetizing. I'm actually getting a little more nauseated every time you shake that. Really? <laughs> yeah. If I just shake this awful. for the rest of the podcast, will you hurt? Yeah, I, I. It's possible. Okay. I'm At least then it. I won't have to eat it. Okay, so uh, Dale's girlfriend, Andrea, was in the States last week uh, yeah. and picked us up some true American. I want to say I spent a lot of time in the States lately. I've not seen anyone in America eat this shit. Uh, so there we Oh, also a clarifying point. In the last episode, I talked about how surprised I was that Americans disliked Canadians or that they had really strong feelings. Uh, my cousin sent me a message. You can crack that if you want. You want to wait until I'm not talking? I don't want to cut you off. Okay. Uh, my cousin sent me a message to say his interactions with Americans have all been overwhelmingly positive. I thought back and yeah, like most of my interactions with Americans have been generally positive. Your brother also made a great point where if I am the representative of Canada that people are interacting with, how could they not hate Canadians? Yeah, so, it would be like if you went to the States and you're like, it's weird. These Americans just say that all Canadians are loud and obnoxious. Yeah, like bald and like... <laughs> <laughs> Talking uh, so about their podcast. I do want to say I love Americans. Uh, Philadelphia is basically my second home now, and uh, and Americans are great people. And I they just, eat fucking not gross at all food. I just want to say I'm uh, on the fence. You're going to have to win me over, America. 
See if, <laughs> Maybe they'll do it with beanie weenies. Yeah, let's see if these beanie weenies do it. Oh, look, there's little hot dog chunks. Isn't that – that's the weenie in the beanie weenies. Yeah. And then – We got – Easy cheese cheddar. Which is – oh, my oh, God. Wait, that's like – so that's almost like cheese whiz. Yeah. Why? I think it's just – I think it's just cheese whiz. I thought it was going to be aerated, like foamy. Yeah, I was for some reason I was expecting it to come out whipped cream consistency, which now that I think about it, would be so much more delicious. It like, really would be. It just looks like you put cheese whiz in like a piping bag, like a cake dressing piping bag. Beanie weenies. How are the beanie weenies? Pretty good. Uh, you remember like Zoodles or Alphagetti? Yeah. Okay? Tastes like that, but more beanie. Hmm. Okay. The cheese just tastes like cheese whiz. Which I so, love, by the way. Yeah. Like cheese. Oh, man. This would be so good if we got like celery and made ants on a log. You really went hard on that cheese. I know. I, uh, <laughs> I kind of panicked because I did it beside the mic. And I wanted it to make a noise so people could hear. And then it didn't make a noise. And then I kind of wasn't paying attention. And I just (laughs) blew my load. Here, I'm going to take a picture of how much cheese I put on these crackers so people could see. I do love cheese, babe. Yeah. Um. Okay, I put a picture on. I'll put it on the Facebook page later. But by the time you see this, hear this. You would have probably already seen it on the Facebook page. I feel like we've discussed our love for processed cheese on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Previously. Um, I gotta say, Beanie Weenies, also a fan. I got a question. So, American cheese, is that just processed cheese? Yeah, it's like the, um, basically think like, uh... Like cheese slices. Craft singles, yeah. Okay, so... Um, shit. I got it on my mouse pad. <laughs> so is Cheese Whiz American cheese? No. That's different. But that's just processed cheese. Yeah, but it's in spreadable form. Oh. American so. cheese. Comes in, I don't think it's actually just Kraft Singles, but it is like, um, it's, uh, American right. cheese is a type of processed cheese. It can be orange, yellow, or white in color, mild and salty in flavor. Has a medium firm consistency and a very low melting point. Oh, so can you get like just a block of American cheese? Yeah. And you, you can eat it can like it's that. cheddar, but it'll taste like a craft single? Yes. That is disgusting. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, man. Cheese in a can. Huge fan. I gotta say. Yeah, I could definitely uh, eat the hell out of this. Like, the Beanie Weenies are good, but I kind of have, like, they taste like pork and beans in a can, and I kind of don't want to eat them because I feel like that's what gave me gout in the first place. Pork and beans specifically? Well, I would mix a can of pork and beans with a can of canned tuna, and it would be like... Do you have taste buds? Because it's like 70 grams of protein, and I would do that after I went to the gym, and I'm like, I'm going to be so jacked. I got 70 grams of protein in me. You know you can just get, like, whey protein and mix it with milk. That costs money. Okay. Dude, like, I thought I was the smartest person alive because I figured out how to get protein after working out for, like, $1.50. Okay. <laughs> and then you gave yourself gas. Yeah. So, it turns out <laughs> I'm not a smart person. So, when I have advice on you – sorry, when I have advice for you and it has anything to do with food, don't listen to me. Why? Because you'll get gout. Easy cheese uh-huh. is fucking genius. Yeah. You don't need a knife. Oh, yeah. You just put the can right up to the cracker. Yeah. Spray right on there. Yeah. This stuff gets a bad rap. Oh, dude. I got little ripples. Look at that. And it looks fancy. Yeah. Also, this is the perfect picnic companion. (laughs) Because you don't have to, like... You ever go on a picnic and you're, like, didn't pre-slice the cheese? So you get out there and you're like, great, what am I going to slice this cheese on? And you got, like, a butter knife and... 
it's the cheese. No cutting board. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just totally boned. But if you had easy cheese, you could definitely just spray right on the cracker. If you love cheese and simplicity, mm-hmm. get easy cheese. If you love cheese and you're too lazy to cut it, get easy cheese. Can I assume you're tapped out on these beating weenies? Then? Yeah, I tried them. They're good, but... I'm going for it. Like I said. All right, next topic. Should we pause it while we eat this or just keep talking? No, just and keep eating? going. To eat, eat, eat and talk. Okay. We're oh. good. Oh, I was going to say, so... This is my dinner, by the way. So thank you. <laughs> so this handmaid's wedding photo. I wanted to talk about this because since I'm terrible at podcasting and missed the perfect segue when I was talking about Extinction Rebellion and I said it was like Handmaid's Tale mixed with Guy Fox, I could have slipped that right into talking about this Handmaid's Tale wedding photographer. I think all the weenies are gone out of the beanie weenies. Did, did you eat all the wieners? I might have. Um, so this... Did you do you know what's going on with this? Like I'm just assuming that so what happened was a wedding photographer took a picture of a bride and a groom in front of the wall made famous in the TV show A Handmaid's Tale. Correct. And then the photographer photoshopped in the characters in the red robes and the white thing the, from the show, the, walking the around eponymous the handmaids. Yeah, from the Handmaid's Tale. And then people shat all over her, him or her. Over him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the general reaction was like, "Holy fuck, this is in incredibly poor taste. Why would anyone want this for a wedding photo?" Yeah, because given the role of the handmaids in the movie, and mm-hmm. to like juxtapose that with someone's marriage and be like, well, you're an indentured servant woman meant for <laughs> baby making now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like a really like seems like one of those things that is just laughably stupid. Yeah. And five years ago we would have all been like, look at this fucking idiot. And yeah. But uh, people got like legitimately mad about that. And um, my favorite thing now is when is that there's still this breed of business owner that doesn't understand how the internet works. So some shit like this happens and people get mad. And instead of just like issuing some bullshit apology and backing down, um, they double down on how fucking dumb they were. (laughs) And like somehow people have not figured out that uh, that is the worst possible thing you can do. People keep doing it. So uh, this guy, I fucking know. Hold on. I'm pulling up the article here. I'm eating easy cheese Whoa. and beans. That was salty. I am going to say, I think hobos yeah. and, like, the guys who, like, ride boxcars yeah. in the States. Hobos. That's what they're called. I, right? I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's a specific name for hobos that ride in boxcars. Like boxcar hobos. You know, yeah. with the stick and the Yeah, the that's just a hobo. But I think the act of riding in the boxcar doesn't give you a separate name. That's just how hobos get around. Yeah. All right. Well, also, are there even boxcars anymore? <laughs> gotta be. How do hobos get around otherwise? That's true. Subway? Yeah. This, this is a great hobo meal. Oh, like, yeah. This is like... Dude, if you're a hobo and you're in a boxcar leaning up against, what, a hay bale and playing the harmonica, I'm not really sure what they actually do. I'm that only going. right. I'm only going from TV. And you had Easy Cheese and a can of Beanie Weenies, you'd be singing happy songs all night instead of sad hobo songs. Life is good. Are we going to crush this entire... uh, I'd probably suggest we don't. Seven servings per container at 80 calories. Well, that's only 350 calories. Yeah, but look how much sodium's in it. Whoa! (laughs) All right. Um, I mean, maybe you you don't have to care so much about sodium. Oh, wait. Yeah. Back to the handmade sale. So I will give you what I think happened and how this art, the photographer slash artist, I guess, since he did Photoshop art. No. <laughs> I'm going to tell you <laughs> why. A very low bar for artists. I'm going to tell you why I think he put these handmaids in it. So he finds the wall from the TV show and he's like, holy shit, that's the fucking wall. That's the hanging wall where they hang handmaids in the TV show. 
holy crap, I got to do a photo shoot in front of this wall. That'll be crazy. Which then, I did not know it was shot in Ontario. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, and then he goes, and then, but instead of taking like an artistic photo shoot in front of the hanging wall, he is a guy who has to pay his bills. So for a job, he's a wedding photographer and he's like, Oh, you're getting married by this handmaid's wall that I've wanted to take a photo by for a while. So let's take photos in front of the handmaid's wall or the hanging wall. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's just a wall. We're getting married. We don't care. So they take the picture and he's like, oh, yeah, I took a photo of this wet married couple in front of the hanging wall to just show the difference between our society and this dystopian future in The Handmaid's Tale. And then he gets the photos back and it's just a couple kissing in front of a wall. And he's like, well, fuck, you can't even. Can't even tell what the wall is. Yeah. Like, just looks like a wall. Everybody's just going to think it's a plain cement wall because that's what it is. So he's like, you know. I'll put the handmaids in this so people will know it's the wall so they'll think I'm a good photographer for taking photos in front of this wall. And like you said, he's probably an idiot, which is the example of his reaction to the outrage clearly shows he's an idiot because he did not handle it well at all. So I think that's how it happened. Probably accurate. Um, the guy, when criticized, turned it into some heavy-handed commentary about how this is what the, uh, the whatever, oppressors in Handmaid's Tale. The men. This is exactly how they would have wanted you to react, because you're not free thinkers, and everyone's just getting mad about shit. Um. I read Handmaid's Tale in college, and I don't remember it at all. Ladies! I don't remember anything. Dale read a book in college. I read lots of books in college because there was no smartphones yet. So before I went to bed or when I was in the bathroom, I read books. Like that used to be the go-to. Like you're going to go to bed, so I will read a book. And since books always put me to sleep, it was the best way to fall asleep. So yeah, I think uh, we done with The Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, I just, you know, people were mad about it. This guy doubled down. Oh, Easy See, cheese this, is delicious. You, you've you got a girlfriend that I presume you're in love with. I, she, I do, and I am. I don't think she does anymore. Okay, because my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. Although she might. She won't. No, not even because she gave us food. Because she'll be like, oh, did you talk about the food on the podcast? I'll be like, yeah, 40 minutes in. She'll be like, I'm not sitting through 40 minutes of you. She knows you can just skip ahead to the 40 minute mark. I'm not telling her because then she'll. Anyways, you and me. We could presumably be married in the next year or two, if all things go. Are you proposing to me? <laughs> no, 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 we're twin flames, not soulmates. Right. We can't get married. I thought you meant to each other. We're like... Just let me finish eating these beans, <laughs> and then I'll accept your proposal. We're like the buddy cop action comedy, not the rom-com. Right. Sorry, Derek. What I meant was both of us... Could get married not to each to other. To each other. No, not to each other. Actually, we'll probably solve a lot of our problems. Can we, <laughs> can we live in different houses? <laughs> I mean, that's probably what's going to happen with me and Kate, anyways. Yeah. So. so, anyways, so you get married to Kate. I get married to Andrea. Yeah. And we get our wedding photography photo, photos back. And mm-hmm. there's this horse shit. What do you do? What? Like you get like you kissing Kate magically on your wonderful day. And he's like, oh, I threw in The Handmaid's Tale. And you're like... It would be even better if he was like, oh, here's a fucking dragon from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'd be like, dope. Yeah. That's cool as hell. Well, that'd be another thing. That'd be another way to look at it. Like, say you got married in Dubrovnik in Croatia. Very clean place. I do it. Yeah. Like, in front of whatever, the Great Wall. And you're kissing Kate on a scene from uh, Game of Thrones. And then your photographer photoshops in dragons and bullshit. That would be bad as badass as hell. Yeah. Sadly, it doesn't. It doesn't convert to handmaids. No, like I think you just gotta kind of know your audience. Look, I made you a little hard. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> so, could you imagine if he was like, "Here, I put the handmaids in this," and uh, 
Now it's going to cost extra. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would mean, not. Like, fucking beat it, bro. I mean, wedding photography is also or is already like insanely expensive. I know people who go into a wedding mm-hmm. and like weddings cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You've actually done some wedding photography. Mm-hmm. I don't uh-huh. know why you don't just do that full time because, because that is lucrative as hell. It was one of the most annoying jobs you could ever do. I've done it. I think I've shot three or four weddings. I shot my sisters. I shot my brothers, which were both great because they're my sister and my brother. And they're like, do you have our photos? I'm like, yeah, here's your photos. They're like, oh, these are awesome. Thanks. And I'm like, no problem. And then I go out and shoot friends and they're like, do you have our photos? I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I give them their photos and they're like, oh, do you have any more? We don't really like these. I will add that Dale's talking about a wedding. They flew him to Mexico (laughs) to photograph it and he's still complaining. No, that's not the one I'm complaining about. That one was great. They liked their photos and I like took photos during the vacation and all that stuff. No, it was like, it's weird because I don't know. It's just like, and like you said, weddings are stressful and you're dealing with someone when they're all stressed out and like they're asking you for something more when there's no more. You're like, okay, here's all the photos of the like. Is that it? And you're like, yeah, why? And they're like, oh, we're just looking for something else. And you're like, ugh. And it's just, it's too much stress. Well, then, like, why wouldn't they ask you, like, in the moment if they were looking? It's like a thing that people don't understand about a lot of this shit is that you're limited by the photos you actually took when you were there. So if Mm -hmm. they wanted something, they should have been like, hey, could we get a photo of this? And then you could be like, here you go. Here's that photo you asked. Or the worst is because, because it's their wedding day, because it's jam-packed. Because you're taking the photos in between the ceremony and the reception, they're hurried and they're like, okay, we got to, can we do this? Can we get this over with? And they want you to like hurry up so you can move on, which I'd say of the weddings I've I've taken shots at, it's about half and half. Half of them were pretty good experiences. One or two was great and one or two was bad. I mean... I mean, also, it's like I did it when I was single. So it'd be like I'd be like going through all these photos of these people being in love and happy. And I was still bitter and jaded because I was dying alone at that moment. Like this was pre-Andrea. So I haven't found the love of my life. So I was just like, Ugh, everybody but me gets to be happy. And then I like have to listen to Elliot Smith and that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to. Yeah. Uh, now you're just bitter and jaded about relationships. So No, I like relationships. I do. Dig into that a little bit. Don't you like relationships? Yeah, no, I love them. But I've always kind of been in relationships. Like I, even when I was single, I was like, relationships are awesome. I hope everyone's in love. I'm not well from all the easy cheese I just ate. <laughs> yeah, you, you're pounding a lot of spray cheese, Derek. Whoa, goodness. Um, no, I've always, I've always been like a like a romantic kind of... Are you sick from the cheese or from being in love? But Both, man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more so, from the cheese at this point. Beanie weenies mixed with spray cheese mixed with outrage about handmaid's tale does not sit well right no mixed with uh with re- relationships i guess yeah kate doesn't listen to this yeah it's fine but still she might at one point it's fine derek trust me on this you don't want to be six months down the road and talking to her about something else being like i don't know she says you did something wrong like you bought something that cost too much and then you're oh, is like, this an argument that comes up for no. you? Why can I not stop eating the cheese? And then uh, you say something back, and then she says, "Well, when you were eating the spray cheese and blah blah blah," and you're like, "Whoa!" and just uses it blindsiding. Wow, I do. I do love relationships. I love my relationship and my girlfriend in particular. There you go. I cannot quit. Eating spray should cheese, I, right? Should I move Take this? it away from me, please. Here, how's that sound? Uh, oh, dear Lord. Move this all over here so that... Thank you, Dale. You know what probably also didn't help? The ca- the coffee with lots of extra caffeine. All right. Fuck, just to turn about the guts. <laughs> I'm planning on hitting the gym after this. So that should be a fun. No, you're not. Yo, I 100% am. Uh, speaking of, hey, I think we're at the end of our episode. Do you, um, do you want to touch the Logan Paul thing? I don't care. Logan Paul said something fucking stupid. 
Derek uh, hates Logan and Paul. Continues to be an idiot with shit for brains. Every time I see a picture of Logan Paul, I'm always like, "Wow, he's actually pretty muscular for being such." And then I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's probably why he's such an idiot because he has the muscle." When to you back have muscles, you don't have to develop a brain. Yeah, or you have muscles so you can say idiot bullshit, and then random people don't try to fight you on the street because you said idiot bullshit. Oh, whiskey pods. That's one thing I wanted. Oh to, yeah. Uh, uh, Glenn Livet, I want to say, uh, for whatever, I logged on to Twitter the other night and I saw Tide Pods were trending and I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> uh, and it turns out that, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's Glenn Livet made whiskey it pods, is Glenn Livet. which is like an ounce of whiskey in a digestible seaweed. Cool. Yeah. It's digestible seaweed. And yeah, you, t- you tweeted this. So I went and looked at them and <clears throat> At first, I thought it was like it was just something they were doing for like a whiskey tasting, like they're having like this whiskey thing. But then the commercial had like people eating these pods and they just like even in the commercial for these pods, these people looked exceptionally uncomfortable. Like I can't like. An ounce of whiskey in a pot is just too much. Maybe have like half ounce because it's like it would be like taking a shot of whiskey and then having like plastic film around it. So it's like not only are you choking on the warm whiskey shot you just took, but you're also choking on this clear plastic that's going down with it. Seaweed. Yeah. So, well, I guess... It is seaweed, but it would feel like plastic in your mouth, I'd assume. Well, it's fucking weird. It's like a contained fucking jello shot for, like, people who yeah. think they're high class. Like, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. The, the most bizarre thing is that it's fancy whiskey. Like, if you said, like, if it was jello shots or, like, fucking, <coughs> what's a, like, Burt Reynolds or car bombs or fucking, oh, you know who should be doing this? This screams Jägermeister. Like, this is a Jägermeister thing to do to, like, get after the party kids. But yeah, pop a Jäger pod, pod in a Red Bull. You yeah. got a fucking Jäger bomb right there. Yeah, but you're not going to be, like, fancy guy drinking scotch. They're going to sell pod. They're gonna sell a zillion of these things because everyone's oh, yeah. going to want to fucking post it on their Instagram. And this is just like, you know, as a sober guy, I'm just like, fuck you, alcohol industry. You why, why do you have to... Because now it's more convenient to drink whiskey than when you were drinking. No, I mean, it wasn't difficult to pour whiskey in a glass and drink <laughs> it, clearly, because I did it a lot. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my favorite thing is, like, my initial thought was exactly this. Somebody tweeted, people are going to put this in their butts, and that is 100% true. <laughs> that is why this was invented. Fun fact, did you know that if you uh, soak like tampons mm-hmm. in alcohol mm-hmm. and put them in your ass mm-hmm. or your vagina, mm-hmm. if you have a vagina, mm-hmm. you will absorb the alcohol into your bloodstream, mm-hmm. but you will pass a breathalyzer test. Nice. So you can be wasted and still drive. Which we <coughs> all want people to do as much as possible. Yeah. Ooh, that's terrifying. Also, I heard exact same thing, but people in middle school are soaking them in rubbing alcohol and then sticking it up their butt because it's still getting you wasted, but rubbing alcohol is like five bucks a liter. And that's pretty efficiently. But the other, the bad thing about this is uh, you could get alcohol poisoning very fast because the lining of your rectum is very thin and... The alcohol doesn't mix with your like stomach acids and get diluted. And when you drink alcohol, it gets dil- it gets released to your bloodstream slowly because it has to go through your digestion process. But when you stick it directly in your butt, it's like straight. It in does. Your it vein. just goes right in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, so we did do mailbag. Everyone was the Canadian. Federal election debates were happening tonight. I cannot think of anything I would want to watch less. So I just read some um, some angry tweets about it. And yeah. most of the stuff in the mailbag predictably was about that. So is it all the random 
candidates, or is it just the main three? The main five. So uh, Trudeau. Yeah. Head of the Liberal Party. Yeah. Uh, Jagmeet Singh, who yeah. head of the NDP. Andrew Scheer, head of the Conservative Party. Elizabeth May, head of the Greens. And Maxime Bernier, head of the People's Party of Canada. The Green Party is a main party? They're they're just as main party as the PPC, which didn't even exist until six months ago. Yeah, but I'd imagine the PPC is going to get more votes than... See, this is why Canada is better than the states. Because... Instead of having two parties that you get, you have to pick a side, you have five parties with varying degrees of crazy. You have Trudeau, which I might wrongly put directly in the middle. He's probably a little right of center, right? Uh, Trudeau, yeah. The liberals are like right of center. Okay. So of these – but of these political parties, you have the liberals, which would be in the middle – And then just to the left is the NDP and just to the right is the conservatives. And that's where you're like, well, if I I want to give more public funding than the liberals are willing to do or you're like, I want old fashioned values a little more than the liberals want to do. So you can have like kind of more personalized. But then if you're like, well, I'm a batshit crazy person, I'm going to vote for either the Green Party or the PPC. Which, the People's Party of Canada, does that not sound communist to you? Uh, yeah, it's weird that they took that route for the branding yeah. rather than uh, going with something that doesn't conjure yeah, communist every time, like Every time you have peoples and party in the name of something, it makes it sound communist. Just so you know, FYI. Yeah. So yeah, that's happening tonight. People are mad about it, particularly that Maxime Bernier was allowed to take part. Why uh, wouldn't he be allowed? Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of a like fringe weirdo with like some toxic views on immigration and brown people. But wait, the super far right? Yeah, wild, right? Racist? Wild. Um, was Max? I recognize that name from somewhere. Was he in something beforehand? Or? He was in the conservative. So he ran for leadership of the conservative party when they did their whole thing, and then yeah. he lost. And then he was like, "Well, fuck this. Guess I'm going to go start my own party," which oh, I kind of respect in a way. He lost to Sheer. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Like, I think him and Sheer were the last two candidates for the leadership of the Conservative Party. And when Maxime Bernier lost, he <laughs> fucked off. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, hey, all right. Thanks to everyone for tuning into this episode of Outrage Factory. As always, I have been your co-host, Derek Bolin. You can follow me on Twitter at Herder. I've been your co-host, Dale DeRuder. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at SuperDaleBot. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at blahblahblah.com slash OutrageFactPod. You can find our website, OutrageFactory.com. You can subscribe to us where you get your podcasts or tell a friend to subscribe to us where they get their podcasts. And if you're not like Derek and you don't like commitment and you don't want to subscribe, just hit up Spotify. You can listen to one podcast. Well, you're already listening to this. So you can listen to... Maybe one or two more. Maybe even half an episode. Who you, knows? You can one night stand us and we'll never know. No no commitment. You can 100% ghost us. You can hit us and That's quit okay. us. All right. Thanks. You can pump us and dump us. <laughs> okay, Dale. Uh, you can I don't think there's more. Until next week. Stay angry. Common sense. Come down.